The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 106. General West, Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we gotta do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Barazzini, and you're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, where we talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father. Howdy. And Lisa Jones. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Why are you attacking me? I'm sorry. It's just too easy. (laughs) I forgive you. (laughs) Hi, Jack. Uh, (laughs) Give me one of those shows. (laughs) (laughs) Today we are discussing the 19th episode of Season 5, Menace. In this episode... SG-1 discovers an abandoned world and a seemingly human-like android, Reese. They bring her back to Earth, where she learns that she is an android and that her world was destroyed by the replicators, which she created. Reese is upset and confused, and she begins to create her own army of replicators, trying to impress Daniel Jackson. SG-1 must race against time to stop Reese before she unleashes the replicators on the Earth. My uh, my main takeaway from this episode was that now we can actually refer to the replicators as Reese's pieces. <laughs> very good <laughs> uh, what were your thoughts on this episode father well um stargate data is a lot more attractive and a lot more murdery because <laughs> uh, this, this i mean some of this is basically like uh was a measure of a man the the, the episode where data basically goes on trial mm-hmm. for you know is he sentient life or is he basically a toaster jimmy aiken's opinion he's basically a toaster but um this is very, there's very similar themes are taught. Of course, Daniel Jackson is the one that, oh, she's, you know, self-aware and, you know, maybe she's just like, you know, they took the, the mind print of one person and loaded on her and, and all that kind of stuff, you know? So it's very similar, um, past trod by obvious other sci-fis. Um, of course you get more, you know, a little more action where, where, uh, we, we do find out where the, where the replicators came from that, that came from that planet. It was her that, that really gave them the programming. Um, so, uh, it, it's, it's, it's not a bad episode. It, it, it's one I like, it's not one of these that I'm going to, you know, seek out and watch on a regular basis. You know, it's not one of my regular watch, but it's one I like, you know, it's one I, I enjoy watching when it does come up. Mm-hmm. What about you, Lisa? Um, I, I like that they gave the replicator such an interesting origin story. It could have been something really boring, but the way that they did this, I really like it. And I find Reese extremely irritating and frustrating <laughs> and confusing. And so I think, I think that means good. I think that's good. Yeah. She wasn't boring by any stretch. And I think you feel the whole episode, like you feel for Daniel at times you feel for Jack and you're really confused by Reese and uh, you know, it's, it's enjoyable. And I had forgotten so much of it. And so, especially mm-hmm. the end. So uh, I was, mm-hmm. I won't say pleasantly surprised. That sounds strange, but but it was a nice uh, kind of twist on the ending because it's another episode where it's you know 
Daniel's morality and, um, you know, oh, we have to talk to them and be the diplomat versus Jack's, you know, military mindset of protection and defense. Mm -hmm. What about you, Victor? Yeah, I'm really on the fence about this episode, Attack of the Manipulative Robot Girlfriend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a it, very good performance by Danielle uh, mm -hmm. Nicolay as, as Reese. Mm -hmm. um, however, there are two things I really don't like about this episode, um, and that is it's never clear. They never make it clear. And it seems like it's only for dramatic effect and stringing along the audience that first, you know, Reese is like has the mind of a child. Then she's somewhat more, you know, savvy than that. And she, oh, was she manipulating them all along? And she knew she was an android and created the replicators. And they never really make that clear. It's like they have this progression in her mannerisms just for the sake of stringing the audience and I guess SG-1 along. And the other thing I don't like is that we get an origin story for the replicators I think the replicators are a lot more effective if we don't know where they came from, if they're just this kind of force of nature. And I, I think this origin story is is dumb, in my opinion. <laughs> Evil I mean, connects. Yeah, I mean, it's as good as anything. But again, um, anything would have been stupid. But, you know, there's a lot of things you don't need to explain. And the origin of the replicators, it's it's far they're far more effective as a villain, um, if you don't know, especially where they take the replicators, you know, after this point into like season eight and nine, I think. Mm. You know, it's it's it just makes it all the more kind of stupid in my opinion. But really good guest star performance, but just a couple of, of missteps along the way. But a very, yeah, good performance. Yeah. I, yeah, I really like this episode. Um, I like that they don't make it clear, really, is she just a robot or is she a sentient being? Like, they don't try to answer that question. Mm -hmm. They just ask the question and then let it play out. The thing I found kind of weird about it was that, so she's, she seems like, she looks like she's probably like in her mid-20s, but she mm -hmm. acts like she's 10. Mm -hmm. At and first. So there's, yeah, but even yeah. even later on, like I don't really feel like she acts like an adult. She just becomes more conniving. And the way I kind of took that was that she's probably super intelligent because she's an android, but she does not have any emotional intelligence because she's not really lived around people. So that's or she's just very manipulative. Yeah, because <laughs> at, at the end, she you know she's literally using the the replicators to tap into the the base computers and everything she she's very much acting as an adult or you would you know, a fully formed android would you would think yeah you know even her language changes at that point and and they had to they had to mature her up a little bit otherwise it would have been jack shooting a child mm. oh. which which for jack or someone with the emotional maturity of a child at the end so it well yeah and i i will say you know you you, you talked about the 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 guest star's performance, which was great, but it was really creepy where you see this very much adult woman <laughs> speaking and sounding like a 10 year old. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was mm -hmm. that for some of that was a very creepy and kind of a, uh, disturbing aspect of the character at first. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what I mean. Kind of, she kind of kept you off balance the whole episode. You weren't really sure what was going on. And mm -hmm. I, I would, I don't know for sure, but I would think that was intentional. Mm-hmm. And the actress did a fabulous job at it because I was really confused. Um, 
And that's, I guess that's my, uh, what's why I haven't watched this episode a bunch of times is because I'm just not sure. Like, and then you've yeah. got the whole Jack versus Daniel argument, you know, and if she is conniving and evil and manipulative and just putting on as a child and, you know, low emotional IQ and all that, then you, then you're like, well, then Jack was definitely right. Yeah. He yeah. Oh, he to totally was. Yeah. And every, yeah. at every step, including through the end, well, Jack was completely right. But that makes yeah, it, that makes yeah. Daniel kind of look like a fool. Well, <laughs> he likes evil women who manipulate him. I mean, that's, yeah. that's <laughs> that true. true. You know, he's easily manipulated by by women. I, he's I, codependent. I, I found Daniel more annoying than she was. Let's just put it oh. that way in this one. Oh, really? you know, just because, well, because every step of the way, it's like, oh, well, she's, she's just a child. She doesn't understand. Okay, she makes these murder blocks, but she's just a child, so she doesn't understand what she's doing. She can stop stop the murder blocks anytime she wants, but instead they're making more. And they're coming after us now, but she's just a child. So she doesn't, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's very Daniel though, isn't it? I it mean, is. That it is, is. In his and, character. Well, even at the very end, even the very end where, you know, he's calling him, you know, calls Jack USOB yeah. and Jack's like, you know, this, how it was supposed to go. It was going to go down. Right. You know, this is what was going to happen. And at the end, Daniel's like, yes. you know, Because <laughs> <laughs> even after uh, Jack shoots her. Daniel was saying she was in the process of shutting mm-hmm. them off. And it's like, they didn't turn off until he shot yeah. her. So yep. mm-hmm. I mean, I guess, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's complicated. I, I understand where Daniel's coming from. Like oh, my uh, natural <laughs> pacifist tendencies tend to tend to kick in there, but it's, yeah. You want it to be good. You want, yeah. you want the, the peaceful resolution. Right. Yep. Him to get through to her and all of that. And then. And there's so many, too. It's like, you know, OK, so you can't reach the Asgard, but you do know an expert in humanoid robotics. Where's Harlan? You know, call him yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then at the end, they, they they've deactivated Reese. And, and even if Daniel's right and she was shutting herself down, then, you know, take her power cell out, then recall the Asgard, have the Asgard examiner, and then they can reverse engineer, power her back up in a controlled, whatever they need to do. I mean, it's not that we never, we never come back to this. Oh no, um, that's not true. Oh, we don't. Oh no. The Asgard do use her. Oh, they do. Oh, excellent. Uh-huh. Cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I take that back. Maybe I'll edit that out. <laughs> yeah. No, great. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. I was forgetting something. They, yeah. They do use her later to call the, call the replicators. Okay. Nice. Yeah, I can can assume that since she's an android, a shot to the stomach wouldn't necessarily completely destroy her. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, you might just need a new power Very. supply. Yeah. <laughs> um, that also throws into question, though, because she's so conniving and so manipulative, and her story is basically, and I, th- I think she keeps it pretty much the same throughout, that she made made the replicators and they started killing people, and she didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. But because of the way she acts, like it's possible that she just did that on purpose and wiped them out and let mm-hmm. them free. But then she also says, I taught them how to replicate. I taught them how to defend themselves. Mm-hmm. And I taught them to defend me. Yep. So mm-hmm. that also says they didn't just start killing people. She felt threatened because everyone right. kept calling her bad. Right. And then I, I, I think she was responsible. Yeah, this is mm-hmm. the an update on that old Twilight Zone episode where the you know the kid Bill Mooney wishes everybody into the cornfield. Oh yeah, if, if they like you know defy his wishes, <laughs> he does something horrible to them, and I think that that's probably what this was too. I mean, 
when when I almost I had like my Leonardo DiCaprio like holding the beer and like pointing at the TV moment when um, <laughs> when when you know Daniel says no you're a robot and she like throws him through a book a bookcase yeah. and yeah. Then he comes back in and and he's like oh I I forgive you and uh, and she's like oh I forgive you too and he's like oh, for what and she's like mm-hmm. for attacking me. And I was like, words are violence. Words are violence. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) No, and it's like literally the mindset of people like nowadays who would be, you know, Reese's age nowadays, not to be the old, uh, you know, the old man yelling at clouds here. But it is there are people out there who are like, oh, yeah, you you attack me. And that's why I inflicted physical violence upon you. And it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, oh, really? I attacked you? Well, you know, you you told me the truth about myself. (laughs) Well, it's yeah. every time, so every time someone would say something she didn't like, it's mainly mm-hmm. you hate me. And I, you know, I mean, it, again, yeah. that's where she was kind of the 10 year old. I mean, yeah. admittedly, she's kind of acting like the 10 year old. There are, no, there are, but immediately she saw I mean. herself at, you know, being, being attacked yeah. when it was really, you know, no, you, you know, we need your help to stop this problem. Yeah. Yeah. And Daniel just took it hook, line and sinker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always. Well, not always looking for the good in people. I think ever since like what second or third season he has. <laughs> yeah in the beginning he was a bit let's let's cut their brains open and see what happens but yeah yeah and that, that was sam in this one hey let's tear her, yeah. let's tear her apart and see what makes her tick yeah she was a i thought that was an interesting dynamic at the beginning because she's like well let's just tell a robot she doesn't have any feelings what does it matter and and you know daniel's over there like uh we have to, you know, hold her hand and it, it just it felt very you know one side or the other a little little I feel like Carter sh- normally would have been a little closer to the center. And then, of course, Jack over there going, because it's a machine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that that was right on. Machines target. don't have feelings. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I thought it was, who, who, which one of them said, after all the different life forms we've run into and blah, 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 wouldn't it be good to be a little careful? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you was, think about like the water planet, Daniel. that those were life yeah. forms and they, you know, I mean, they're right. Oh my gosh, y'all keep getting into so much trouble, and now you're just like, oh, that's a machine. <laughs> well, and, and there's even the argument about you know when Jack kept arguing that it's like we were turned into machines and we didn't even realize it at first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Tin Man, yeah, <laughs> or it was you. You know, you, you didn't even realize you were a machine at first. Like that's beside the point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's I get that's the the question. Like, can a machine ever be considered a life form? And I know, I know Jimmy is very hard line that data is a toaster and I, I disagree with him on that point because I think that we don't know enough about where technology can go to, to really answer that. And I also think from a dramatic point of view, you can use robots and machines as actual living beings in stories. Um, mm-hmm. But I like that they, like you were saying, Lisa, how off balance it is and it's, very manipulative, not only to Daniel, but also to the audience. Mm-hmm. Like they did a good job with that. Cause you, you, you're really seeing it from Daniel's point of view, I feel like for the most part. And so you almost get like an unreliable narrator kind of feel from that because mm-hmm. he's so, mm-hmm. he's so convinced that he, that there's, there's some way that he can reason with her. Right. Right. Very Paula Anna. Mm-hmm. One one thing I I, I kind of you know like with you Lisa's I I forgot how this ended mm-hmm. and I thought we had seen her as a character not just you know as a, as a tool for with the Asgard but had seen her as a character again mm-hmm. and of course it's not the case but right. you know it um 
So yeah, that was a little little bit of a, a surprise for me as well. But but again, you know, you're you're left uncertain. Who's going to win this? Is Jack going to win? Is Daniel going to win? Is she going to get away? You know, what's you know what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. They've kept it. They they kept it really close to the vest till the very end. Mm-hmm. And I did read an interview with uh, Joseph Malazzi, and he back in two thousand and two, and he said that um, her her portrayal that the actress did such a fabulous job that they wanted to bring her back, mm-hmm. but it just didn't. It just hmm. it didn't work out. But they wanted well, to. Amazon's working on a new show, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> If they can get her away from Flash and Supergirl, and I guess Flash is ending at some point, so yeah. Flash yeah. is still on. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, I stopped <laughs> I watching know, after like season, but it's on That's CW. Funny. If Supernatural can go fifteen seasons, I mean, there's no yeah. reason Flash can't. <laughs> Fair enough. I know the Arrow's not on, but anymore, yeah. but no. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I'm I'm actually okay with the origin story for the Replicators being something mm-hmm. so. Not really Stupid. mundane, but oh, mundane. it because it's kind of, kind of like you know, it's basically a gray goo scenario, which is the the theory that you it's basically replicators. You create machines that just create more machines, and you get overwhelmed, and they end up destroying all biological life. Um, but I like that it kind of is. So the scientist on this planet creates this robot, and then she the unintended consequences of creating technology and how mm-hmm. it can get out of hand. So I kind of like that, that origin for the yeah. replicators. Yeah, I can see that. I still think, <laughs> I still think they're better. He's not conceding they, the point, but he's <laughs> no, yeah, I, I think it's probably, you're right. Probably the best possible origin story for the replicators if, if they have to have one, but yeah. from a dramatic standpoint, I think they're more effective if they don't. I thought it was, I thought it was creative. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's creative. So it's not what you expected for them. So I was like, Oh, that's, you know, I think if you're going to explain them, do do it something interesting because I feel like the go-to thing would be like this was a weapon that was created or it was like an industrial machine. and then mm-hmm. This was Skynet or something like that. Yeah, but something – it's an angry and mature android-created toys that murder <laughs> toys. people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do call them, you know, murder Legos so, or we should call them yeah. murder oh, yeah. Legos yeah. and that kind of fits then. <laughs> I love the scene where she holds out her arm. Yeah, that was good. The first time you see it, right? Yeah. That it was really hurt creepy. You. It's a toy. Yeah. It's a toy that spits venom and breaks through glass. Yeah. Yeah. I also really like uh the deactivation effects they use when the replicators get shut down, they just like break into pieces. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, that is kind of cool. And then Jack's like, sweep them all up. Yeah, every yeah. bit of them. Yeah. <laughs> Melt them down. And I did like it where the replicator was in the glass case. And when she would get upset, it would, you know, like, yeah. get up we and like angry. Yeah. And then it would calm down. And so that was, it, that was kind of mm-hmm. nice. They weren't in the same room necessarily. I think it was in the observation room or whatever. And, but I liked that they, they showed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and it's because they were still tied to her, you know, mm-hmm. wirelessly. Well, they weren't thinking autonomously at that point. Yeah. Well, even when uh, Sam and General General Hammond were there at the the, the big nuke to blow the base up, uh, there's the one that it was sitting there at the 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 door, the hole in the door, and it was it was wasn't sure what to do, whether to keep going or stop, and that was because of her uncertainty at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah, you know. 
but then it kind of breaks out of her control and and they have to shoot it anyways yeah. but but it was and, still just that that fact that it was kind of you know kind of twitching back and forth it wasn't mm-hmm. just kind of stopped it was you know not sure what to do and, and we get to see general hammond yeah action like, hammond yeah, yeah. Yep. action hammond yeah. Yeah, I did appreciate that. Whenever we get to see him with his little black T-shirt on and his replicator, you know, Ray-Ban, so they don't get the replicator well, it, bits in their eyes and stuff. Well, it, it's 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 funny because he took took the time to change from the blues, the the blue yeah. T-shirt, blue short sleeve shirt, and black blue pants to the BDU pants and the black top. He wears and then it got under out his clothes like yeah. Superman. It's like Superman. He does the yeah. Superman thing and just yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And this was Donna Davis's, I think it was his hundredth episode. Oh, cool. So nice. maybe that was a little, since it's his hundredth episode, he gets to, you know, show off. A gets to have bit. a little bit of action. Yeah. Shoot things. He's pretty good with that shotgun too, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would be the best way to take care of something like that. Get a, get a wide spread and just aim at him. Yeah. Yep. Oh, mm-hmm. speaking, speaking of shotgun, I want uh, Jax with the, uh, the mega clip. With the with the drum magazine on it, yeah, drum, yeah, yeah. yeah. drum magazine. <laughs> I wonder if an EMP would deactivate replicators. Is that something they ever use? I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't think that's so. a good. That's a good question. And I, I really liked uh, Michael Shanks's acting at the end after Jack shoots her. Like he did a good job with that. Like yeah. mm-hmm. you feel for him, even though you knew that he was kind of taken in and became just a, a tool for her to manipulate. Mm-hmm. And also seeing him be that angry at Jack. I don't know if we've ever seen that kind of anger between the team before. I can't remember him cursing at Jack like that before. I'm sure it's happened. Other, yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and again, it was one of those where he knew that, Jack was right in the in the long run. He mm-hmm. knew that this is what had happened, but he still didn't want to admit it until Jack's like, "You realize this? This was how it was going to go. It was mm-hmm. always going to go this way." And Daniel just kind of, yes, you know, just kind of mm-hmm. puts his head down a little bit and says, "Yes," and that was the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. And he ran out of time. Yep. Yeah, he did everything he could, and nope. Yep. I also I need to question the uh, SGC's lockdown procedures for. <laughs> advanced androids that seem like children but are probably also murder weapons like mm. they didn't do a great job locking her down they put her in a room with all sorts of stuff including scissors which if you're keeping somebody under <laughs> lock and key not only for like everyone else's safety but for their own safety you don't leave scissors in the room they were the child scissors they were you know they're mm. best you could do is you'll know, give someone I've, a nasty paper cut with those no, I'm kidding. I, i've been in a psych ward they don't let you have child scissors. i know i know that <laughs> Well, think about how much metal she had access to. Yeah. Well, then <laughs> they pull it all out, and she still figures it out. Yep. Because they had, like, the camera and stuff like that. Yeah, the camera's in there, yes. And I like that part where the guards are watching the camera, and she looks at it, and then it goes off. And then he's just like, I'm just going to open the door with my keys. Yeah. Like, yeah. What do you think is going to happen, dude? Yeah. <laughs> r- r- random senior airman gets attacked, you know. Right. And Yeah, and I think they... You know, we've we've seen replicators like basically kill people before, and obviously mm-hmm. they killed everybody on our planet. I think they avoided killing any of the airmen in this just to make it just so there was still some drama there. And it's not like okay, well mm-hmm. she's murdered people, and now mm-hmm. we need to, de- you know, yeah, yeah. And it's but it's it's out of character for her and the replicators to 
you know, leave them alive. I, I, I think so. Mm-hmm. Well, I think she, the way, the way I kind of took that is she was trying to make these replicators so that they weren't as murdery. They're still murdery, just not as murdery. And, you know, just cranky to, replicators. Yeah. yeah. They're just overly cranky. Murdery. Um, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but it, again, it didn't work. You know, I mean, not, no one got killed in this except her, but, um, it was still, um, she was, she was trying to learn from it. Let's put it that. She's a robot. She didn't get killed. She had a, what did, what do they, what does SpaceX call it? A oh, rapid uh, unscheduled, uh, deconstruction. Yeah. yeah. Something, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It done blew up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, now there's one character again, we haven't talked about Tilk. Mm-hmm. Was he, he in this episode? He, he was. I know. He, shot the first he stood thing. there yeah. with a the shotgun and shot the one. Yeah. He went off base or off world to the same world twice. And that was about he it. He held a flamethrower. Yeah. Use it. Hammond scenes probably as much as I appreciate action Hammond that probably should have been Teal'c. Like, I did read why he wasn't in the episode. Oh, really? The day that they filmed the initial landing on her planet was 9-11. 2001. Oh, okay. Okay. And um, Christopher Judge had family in New York. Oh. Ah, and I read sense. that he, like that, especially in the beginning scenes on that day, he asked not to be filmed because he was so emotional. Yeah. And sure, so. That's understandable, yeah. I would, I would guesstimate that's why he was not in a lot of the episode. Sure. Because, I mean, we mm-hmm. all remember what that, well. Oh, yeah. You know, very, lots of, lots of chaos and unknown. So. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that anyone was able to film that day then, to be honest. Yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, you have this strong show-must-go-on kind of ethos, I guess, you know. Well, especially since if that was the the first day they were filming was on the planet, well, that was was out of studio for some of that. Well, yeah, Yeah, they they don't film in sequence, though, so you never know what the first thing on the call sheet would have been. Yeah, true. Well, what I'm saying, though, is if they were filming off-planet, it would have been, you know, they would only have so much time to film that part of it. Right. Yeah. Right. They're on a they're in a window. They have to get it done. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. So I did I did read that. So I'll mm. I'll forgive them for not having a lot of Tilk in this episode. That may have <laughs> yeah, been why they had to put uh, Hammond in as the action hero. In oh, this too. true. Perhaps. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And did Possibly. y'all see who uh, wrote this episode or got credit for writing it? Yeah, it was uh, well, Peter DeLuise. Well, James Tishner. James Tishner. Oh yeah. yeah. So he's he's what the special effects. Yep. Special oh, effects. Okay. Yeah, and he works on he's on Atlantis too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think they said this is his first of a couple of episodes that he was responsible yeah. for. I thought that Sounds was kind of cool though that his episode was replicators, which he's special effects, so that's yeah. what he yeah. <laughs> you know, like he's so, responsible so, for for making them look good. So 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 he goes to to Brad Wright and goes. You know what? What this what the show needs is more replicators. I want to do more replicators, so I'll write the story with more replicators. <laughs> yeah, I've got a fever. No, uh, and Peter Deloise is like, I'll yeah. I'll make it work somehow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think the director was Martin Wood, though, right? Yeah, yeah Peter yeah. Deloise mm-hmm. wrote the teleplay right after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, even so, there there are words that as a writer you don't want to put in the mouths of your characters. One of them is "this is boring." 
Yeah. And then, and then the other one is none of this makes any sense, both of which we hear in this episode. <laughs> I don't want to remind your, your audience that something is boring and doesn't make any sense. You know what? This episode has that great scene <clears throat> of where he's saying that Daniel is saying that she's like a child and can't focus on blah, blah, blah. And you've got Jack with the magnifying oh, yes. glass oh, on yeah. his mouth. <laughs> And that is, a, you know, that's, that. a, that's a gift. I mean, you see that everywhere. Yeah. So and, I, and, I laughed when I saw that. And you episode. know that had to be a improv by <laughs> Adelaide, yeah. Janine Anderson, where it was oh, just sitting there and he knew this line was coming up. So he just picked it up and held it in front of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> isn't there another time he plays with a magnifying glass, like before this or something? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. like that though. <laughs> well, you know, the, of course, the funny part is with the boring, it's like, how many times do, do the, does the audience think that when Daniel starts going off on something and everybody's going like, boring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so kind of interesting that he was told that in the script. <laughs> and then uh, at one point uh, when it's when Sam and Jack are observing Daniel talking to her, which for some reason they didn't do behind like a camera or a two-way mirror, which mm-hmm. means she's totally not going <laughs> to talk. Yeah. Um, and Jack says something like, I'm starting to identify with her. She's getting yeah. fed up with Daniel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Oh, and, and we saw Janet Frazier at the very beginning of this episode to mm-hmm. like take a look at the Android and then never again. She yep. accidentally ejected her CD drive out of her neck. And that was yeah. yeah. And that was yeah. it. I thought that was just, I mean, you bring her in. She's a great actress. Like, <laughs> Well, she got she got her uh, their one time on screen and said a word, so then she can get paid yeah. for that oh, there we go. episode. But yeah, given when this was being this episode was being produced, I mean, I think there's probably a lot of, I don't know, probably people stepping out, you know, who mm-hmm. may have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they did mention sure. that the the guest actress, I forget her name, she couldn't she couldn't leave because all flights were grounded. Oh, I yeah. remember for several mm-hmm. days. So. Yeah, that was part of. Oh, let's 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 just get this done then. Since well, yeah. let's maybe let's try to figure out something else for her to do. She's she's here. Maybe yeah, we oh, can yeah. get her in another episode. But yeah, it's just funny that when you think about what was happening at that time period, it seems you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's lots lots of uh, memories. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like the. Uh... The backstory behind the episode is almost more interesting than the episode itself. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, my um, 16 year old, she asked me today, she's like, so what, you know, what episode are you doing tonight? And I told her and she's like, oh, I love that one. Mm-hmm. And I said, why? And she said, it's a Daniel episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, all right. I said, like, well, enjoy him now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that's it. That was her whole reason for loving this episode. It's just because it's heavy on Daniel. It's heavy Daniel episode. Yep. So she's not going to be happy with what all we just said. <laughs> He's his heart's in the right place. He just it shouldn't is. be making tactical decisions. Yeah, that affect <laughs> the lives of everyone on the planet. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, we know he, he's the. Uh, He's the morals of the team. He's the conscience of the team. You know, we were told that many, many, many seasons ago. Maybe That's they were right. predicting that rather than uh, observing. <laughs> yeah. It's like one of those things where you, where you tell somebody that they're great to hopefully like make them great or something. 
Like, I don't know. Positive reinforcement. Yeah. <laughs> or like, Daniel, you always make good moral choices. He's like, oh, maybe I should start making good moral choices or something. Yeah. <laughs> I almost feel like this would have been more interesting if Carter had been the one advocating for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because maybe you could do like the thing with like her, the maternal instincts that she had with um, what's her name? Cassie. Cassie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I don't know. Well, I was a little disappointed with Carter's role in this because being the scientist. Yeah. You know, just, I think it would have been really interesting for her to be more um, involved with all of the, how cool the technology is. I mean, you think about it from an earth human Mm-hmm. perspective if if mm-hmm. you're not if you take out like sci-fi shows like real real life that would be as a scientist that'd be really awesome yeah oh yeah and she would really be the one who'd be the most excited because she's the techie scientist and daniel's the linguist like right yeah cultures he, history yeah yeah like he's just got a soft spot for crazy <laughs> women <laughs> What did yeah. what did Victor say? What did you say at the beginning? He's got a soft spot for what? Well, crazy he's just, manipulative, he's just uh... easily manipulated by women. <laughs> he's <Yeah>. Daniel's basically <laughs> saying, I can fix her throughout the whole yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah. I can save you. Yeah. It would have been more interesting too, because I mean Carter's been taken over by an AI as well. So she mm. has some oh, some true. of that yeah experience. Oh, there's another life form thing that they should be, yeah. you know, should have taught them mm-hmm. to be more careful. Yeah. Why did Carter not bring up? I was literally a computer at one point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially <laughs> since they brought that overlook. up, like, especially since after that episode, they brought it up like in two consecutive episodes. Every time she walked into the room, well, weren't you taken over by an alien computer? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I did like, yeah. I, every time Hammond says, says robot in this, it was just like a little like delight for me. It's, you know, like, like, why would someone create a robot with the mind of a child or, you know, yeah. <laughs> the robot is unwilling to cooperate? The way he said robot. And then Sam, Sam is one of the people who says robot. Robot. <laughs> yeah. If you notice that, she says that a couple of times. But I, I like the way Hammond says robot in this episode. <laughs> I don't want to be self-conscious about the way I say that. <laughs> it's, Atom- just start saying automaton and be really hipster. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Robot. <laughs> I guess um I guess they kind of try to make it Daniel's Daniel's lane to be interested in because he's talking about, you know, Greek mythology, how they've had, you know, robots and all that throughout mm-hmm. history, but it's, it's still Yeah. It would have been more interesting to have Carter be the like the pinpoint character for this. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And maybe it would have been like a hunky, a hunky male robot acting like a ten-year-old boy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it really works if you like gender swap it like that. But no, no. Well, I'm glad she wasn't. A, I mean, it wasn't like it was a child actress. No, no. Yeah, it's. Still... They could have gotten one of the Helmsworths or something in there, and then had him like, <laughs> like uh, at that time to be they 10. would have been child. They, they, they would have been, been child. <laughs> yeah. Fifteen-year-old Chris Hemsworth or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's. I think that's also what's kind of just vaguely creepy about it is that she spends most of the episode acting like a ten-year-old in the body of a 
25 year old woman. And mm-hmm. you, I, you can never tell if Daniel is like attracted to her or just genuinely well, wants he does to help her. Kind of a, just, does have kind of a significant gaze at, at her as she's on the planet, you know, powered off where he's kind of looking down at her and, you know, kind of checking her out. It's like, it, was that like creepy checking her out or was that just looking at, see what was going on here? <laughs> <laughs> it's cause she was, he thought she was dead and perfectly preserved in a crypt. And he's thinking, yeah. Oh, cool. Ancient society to, to learn more about. <laughs> That's what he yeah. tells everybody. That's right. Yeah. The preferred term is robot uh, attracted person. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> he's a rap. Uh, yes. And that sounds like a good time for a wrap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Awesome. Do we have any, uh, any fun titles for this or is it just, I mean, they, were, they, they stuck to menace and Aww. in German though, they, the name of this episode was Reese, which <laughs> no. would have been meaningful to everybody before they saw the episode. Right. I mean, because there's that beloved character Reese, right. That you don't learn about until, <laughs> This episode. <laughs> Ten minutes into this episode, yeah. They should have just called it The Robot is Bad. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> However you say the that. The robot that makes makes replicators. Yeah. yeah Dos, the Dos robot who yeah. what is it? It creates manipulative murdering toys. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Dos, Lego's gone wrong. Does murder kindred. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> Before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secret to Stargate, including Roko F, Matthew K, Teresa H, Robert G, and Sean L. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secret to Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. To find previous episodes of Secret to Stargate and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash stargate. And you can email us at stargate at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia or on Twitter at sqpn. And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1, The Sentinel. Until then, Father Corey, thank you for joining me and sharing the secret to Stargate. Thank you, Jack. And Lisa Jones, thank you as well. Thanks, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you too. Thanks, Jack. I don't like most of what you say. Somehow I managed to resist the urge to shove you through a wall. (laughs) I'm I'm glad you're able to keep that under wraps. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Once again, I'm Jack Berzini. Thank you for listening to The Secret to Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think? Here's another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy. Let's Science. Find the show wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash science.